grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. If you've ever watched or read a mystery, you know how important it is to have proof so you can have the peace that follows afterward. Investigators can have their confirmed hunches and they can have all the circumstantial evidence in the world, but until the proverbial smoking gun makes its presence, there's always going to be some element of peace missing. But once the proof is presented, then comes the peace. The innocent are free, the guilty are arrested, and everyone can go home all nice and happy. When Thomas and the other disciples saw the proof of Easter resurrection, they were filled with a peace of unlike any kind they had before. And what a proof they had as they could physically examine Jesus' cross-guard body to see those hands and side to prove that he is risen indeed. Though you and I have not had the same opportunity to see Jesus' physical body, we have the same proof, that of the empty tomb, to show our Savior's resurrection. And it's from this proof that God gives to us, he then gives his peace A peace that is told to us about in our verses this morning from 1 Peter. A peace that's given to us through our new birth in Christ. As we see what this peace is that comes to us through this new birth, we cannot help but to rejoice at what is ours because of our Savior and his resurrection. When God the Father mercifully gave us a new birth, he did so through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. Faith is that trust in what we have not seen in the death and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in this faith of what he has done that we see the proof that God gives to us, which then leads to the peace we're talking about this morning. And through that faith, through that new birth in Christ, we see that peace in a number of different ways. We have a living hope. The the guaranteed certainty that our sins are forgiven because our Lord will never fail us. And this promise then gives us life, future, a, a hope of what is to come and ahead because we know that we stand right with God as we traverse forward. This blessed peace is also received in an inheritance that is kept for us safe in heaven. Unlike our recent bank failures that have made us question the reliability of our financial system, we know that this eternal life of ours, it is kept in safe deposit in heaven's vault and it will never fail you. It is inheritance that is considered to be undying, undefiled, and unfading. As an undying inheritance, it means that it is never going to go away on you. It is not subject to breaking down. Is undefiled, it is pristine and without any defect of any kind. And as unfading, well, its allure will never lose its shine. And it will never become dull. But there's another way that we enjoy the peace that God gives to us through our new birth. That's with his almighty power that protects us to the end of time. It's interesting, the word used for protecting here is used that of uh, the protection the military garrison gives to its town. And think back to the medieval times. Think back to the time of Jesus and have the protection that a garrison provides you. 
when trouble rises up and comes against that town, you don't need to send word to a faraway king to hopefully send people soon or to raise up a, a peasant militia of minutemen. No, you have a standing army right there in your midst who are equipped and trained to protect you. Now take that comfort and multiply it by God's almighty power and what do you have? The kind of peace we're talking about. The peace that God gives to us through our new birth in Christ. But I'm willing to guess that you don't always feel like you are at such peace in life. Maybe it happens especially when you come across various and grieving trials. That's what happened to the Christians to whom Peter first wrote this letter to. Who had gone through some various and grieving trials and were questioning the peace that was theirs through the new birth in Christ. They lived in a world that was full of trials and tribulations. Where sinful people do not get along a world that does not conform to our hopes or desires. And on top of that, they didn't have the creature comforts that we do today, like electricity, gas-powered vehicles, and wonderful delights like EGs. On top of that, they also lived in a world, in a pagan society that actively persecuted Christians all the way to the top of the Roman emperor himself. You can be certain at the pains they went through, the trials they had to endure, they put that peace from God into great question. In fact, those trials were so bad that Peter compares it to the fire that a piece of gold goes through in order to become more refined. In case you don't go gold mining, let me explain to you how it works. When you, when you mine for gold, you don't get pure gold straight out of the mountain. It's, it's mixed with a bunch of other impurities. If you want pure gold, you need to smelt it. You need to submit it to the fire. So what you do, you put the impure ore in the furnace. You heat it up to just shy of 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit until the gold becomes melted. Effectively, you melt the gold out of the impure substance. You collect it, you shape it into whatever you're making, and you let it cool. And what do you have left? Gold that is a lot purer than before. Nowadays, you can also use chemicals or other techniques to get even more pure gold. But in many ways, this illustration that Peter uses, it is a correct illustration. Because the trials we go through in life sometimes feel just as intense as being heated up to 1,000, 2,000 degrees and just melted out. And when trials like that kind come upon us, oh, that peace from God, it sure doesn't feel like we have it. How have you felt peace robbed from you in this way? How have you gone through various and grieving trials, perhaps as intense as a 2,000-degree fire would be? While, yes, we have the creature comforts of 21st century living, we still live in a world that is not so kind. People who do not get along. Yes, we may not be thrown before the lions with the Roman emperor in attendance, but we face persecution of a subtler, milder form that can be just as damaging. 
How do people react when you told them last week of how you were celebrating your Savior's resurrection? Or when you talk about your weekend plans, how coy are you about what you do for worship? Or maybe just think, how have you gone through long stretches in life where you felt that you had no peace, no hope, no inheritance, no protection? See, the peace that God gives to us depends on the proof that is given. And the proof for God's peace is not found in our surrounding circumstances. Oh, no. It's found in our Lord and in his empty tomb on Easter morning. Because of that, we know that this peace is ours even when it seems that so much is falling apart because our trials and grieving that we go through, even as they're serious as the 2,000-degree fire, they can never undo the proof that God gives to us. It can never nullify or reverse our Savior's resurrection. Because when he died, he died for sins. When he rose from the grave, he proves that what he says is true. When God the Father mercifully gave you the gift of faith with that new birth in Christ, well, he gave you that peace in full measure. How you have a living hope, a heaven-kept inheritance, and his almighty power protecting you from things from far worse than what you're going through. And you know what you'll have when you make it through those fires of intense testing? You'll have a faith of proven character that is more refined and purified than what it was before. A faith that is more valuable than even pure gold itself because faith brings God's peace. Peace from our sins. He died for them and he has forgiven us. Peace from death because he has risen and so will we to eternal life. Peace in hardship because he's with us and he has not abandoned us even in the midst of what seems to be so much. As if that wasn't enough though. There's another blessing of peace that our Savior gives to us through this new birth we have in him. And that's the goal of our faith. The salvation of our souls. And really, this is what our faith is all about, right? Why, if God could not provide salvation for our souls, what would be the point? Why bother believing in him at all? Because if he's just a helpful guide, a point of history, a warm, fuzzy feeling, and nothing else, well, then what makes him different than just some person's personal idea or a coping mechanism when trouble comes upon us? But in fact, he is more. For he gives us what no one else can. That salvation of our souls, that eternal suffering that we surely deserve, how it will not be for us anymore. Just look at that cross and empty grave to see how he saved you. Just look at Jesus to see who has saved you. And this goal of our faith, this salvation of souls we have, is not so long-distant comfort to be enjoyed on the other side of death. No, it is yours to be enjoyed now. Because it tells you of where you stand before the Lord. Holy and righteous, precious and loved, filled with the peace 
that he alone gives even in the midst of trials. We know that in order to enjoy the peace that we want, we have to have the proof that leads to it. There's a reason why we want our mysteries to be solved, to see the peace that follows afterward. When Thomas and the other disciples saw the risen Lord, they were filled with joy and peace because they had the proof before them of what had happened on Easter with those hands inside of Jesus. While you and I have not seen who Jesus is, we have that same proof. The empty tomb, that resurrection of our Savior. And through faith in this, we have that new birth into Christ. And with that comes the peace in full measure that is now ours in full. Sometimes we can wonder if we have that peace when trials come upon us. But remember where this peace comes from. Not from our outward circumstances, but from our Savior's resurrection. And that's why you can have this peace even when you are going through something as severe as a 2,000 degree fire trying on you and testing you. So rejoice in your new birth. Rejoice in the one who is the proof of your peace. Yes, you may not have seen Jesus, but you know him quite well. You know how much he loves you. That's why he went to the cross. To die on it so that you could be his child. You've come to the same conclusion that Thomas and those disciples did in that locked upper room. How he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And you know the son's father so well who's given you that faith, that you can have that new birth, who's given you the peace that he alone can give, that living hope, the guaranteed certainty that infuses your future with promise and hope, life for what's to come, because you know you are right before the Lord. Your inheritance that's kept for you in heaven, and it will never fail. His almighty power protecting you from what is even worse than what you are going through. And what's most important of all, you have the goal of your faith, that salvation of souls right now. Rejoice in your new birth as you love your Savior and by believing in him are filled with inexpressible joy. Keep this joy brimming over as you come and celebrate a little Easter every Sunday morning. Know who your Savior is and see why this joy is so inexpressible as you continue to learn what else he has done for you besides rising from the dead. Let the love of God transform your interactions as you see your neighbors around you as people you can show God's love to. And never, re never tire to rejoice in what is yours because of your new birth and the peace that God gives to you. Amen.